Hey everyone, it's Steve from Experience Milwaukee. For more than three years, this podcast has been bringing you the behind the scenes stories of the things that make Milwaukee amazing. Over that time, we've grown to listeners in more than 40 states and 30 countries. So much of what Adam and I do with this show is made possible by our sponsors. Few Spirits, Indeed Brewing, Cost Stereophones, Bitter Cube, Transfer Pizzeria Cafe, and our education partner, Cardinal Stritch University. We're grateful for their support and for you, our loyal listeners. And now, let's get on with the show, starting with opening music from Milwaukee's very own and Whammy Award-winning Black Belt Theater. My name's Mark Fairbanks. I'm co-founder and executive director of Islands of Brilliance. And to me, Milwaukee is an amazing creative community. Adam's always down to talk about Milwaukee restaurants. Or just anything in general. It's just anything besides down to talk. Adam's down to talk about anything besides what the podcast is actually about. <laughs> Those are the best kind of podcasts, right? Exactly. <laughs> the one the ones that go on these wild tangents so that if anybody is like skipping forward, they go, Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. On that topic. Yeah. <laughs> is they, what took them down this path? Are they, they talking about here? lily pads? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm excited uh, about this thing that I, this is, I was, I was, I was uh, kind of excited, you know, mildly excited about this episode. And then I got super excited because you know what I thought? It's, it's piggybacking on an education focused, higher ed focused, and there's a lot of things that uh, kind of overlap uh, in in unique ways, not in what ways some people might be thinking with you yeah. know, 30 seconds of limited knowledge of what's going on here. We there's, go on these kicks. There's some kicks. There's some, uh, It's it'll be really interesting to see uh, where this goes tonight in relation to, uh, you know, coming off a higher ed episode. Mm-hmm. And this is a completely innovative way to educate, yeah. Love that train. Innovation to create creatives and spin right. them out into uh, wherever they want to go after that. But we don't yeah, have to reveal let it, everything. Let's let it wander. Let's let it wander. Uh, Adam, how are you? Mark's good. How are you? I'm Dynamite. How are you? We didn't even see how you were doing. No one ever asks that. As the host with the most. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, uh, we're going to learn a lot about Mark, but uh, I think one thing that's interesting is he and I overlapped at an agency, a digital agency called Full House, for about, mm, I don't know, three or four months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there were, you know, like maybe like four, five, six, 15 people like that that I overlapped with at Full House that to this day, like 12 years later, are still friends. Wow, in yeah. only a three to four month span. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I started there and then I had the opportunity, I was presented the opportunity to start my company and my 
my boss at the time at Full House said, you need to leave this agency and start your company. Wow. So either the most supportive man ever or thought I really wanted, wanted to get rid of you. He wanted me out of yeah. there. Oh my God! Was he, has an, he has an was opportunity to get out of here. Yeah, it was Augie. Yeah, Augie's a good guy. <laughs> he is a good guy, and you know what was funny is, um, it was uh, Glenn and uh, Eric, right? Yep. Who were running the the ship and uh, owned the agency, and um, they both encouraged me equally uh, as much as Augie to start my company, and in fact, brought me my first clients. So that wow. was pretty cool. Yeah. But that's uh, enough about me. This is about Mark. And <laughs> See those tangents we go on. It's a long, well, it's a long way of saying like it's, it's the alumni from that agency. The alum is just so connected uh, still today after the, the agency doesn't exist anymore and everyone stayed connected. And, and I think even more importantly, uh, a lot of people are like Mark that went on to do incredible things from that agency and uh and but mark i know it wasn't like you didn't jump from full house to uh islands of brilliance but um what is sort of your high level backstory and your and your path to uh what you do today yeah you know the majority of my career was spent in you know advertising design and digital so you know over 25 years sometime between 25 and 30 i don't know when the cutoff point is and i don't know that i'm completely removed from it because so what so much of what Islands of Brilliance does uh, requires the involvement of you know creative and design and and you know technology uh, mentors from Milwaukee community. So mm-hmm. I was uh, you know an art director designer, rose to creative director. Um, actually, co-owned two agencies, Octane, in the early two thousands, from two thousand to two thousand five. Uh, worked in Minneapolis then for four years. That was before I came back to work for Full House because I really wanted to, you know, things are really kind of crossing over to digital and I wanted to get some background in that. And then, um, you know, that's where, you know, I met you and a bunch of great people and and Cindy Thomas and we started Translator together. But the other interesting, you know, where our paths crossed too is when the uh, startup community and, uh, Milwaukee really kind of found its roots with 94 labs and, mm-hmm. you know, Cindy and I were part of a startup that was in, I don't know if it was the first or second cohort before it became generator. Um, and that's where, um, you know, I really developed the knowledge of lean startup and business model canvas and MVP. And that's really what you know, how we first started Islands of Brilliance back, it's been nine years now since we did the original pilot. So all of my, you know, my career has been spent in creative thinking and and design. Adam, do you have a belt or do you have a seat belt or do you have any kind of just harness that can strap you to yourself to your chair? Uh, (laughs) It's it's a Batman chair, so I'm pretty good. I'm very well placed in it. Because knowing you, and, yeah. and I think I cut you off because you were ready to jump in with fire here. You, I was. You're, you're going <laughs> to, I hope you're ready to just, this is just the tip of the iceberg of inspiration that you're going to feel from Mark tonight. Yeah, I already I already feel 
a ton of inspiration. Yeah, and it's not only what <laughs> metric, of course, not only what <laughs> islands of brilliance or like or what I call like to call it IOB. I think the cool kids call it IOB. I don't know. Dude, not, that's, okay. that, that's the pra- proper acronym. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's not not only that. Uh, there's another. We could have the, we could have the first show. I I did have someone cry on the podcast at one time. Uh, early in 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 the history of the show, Adam, I told we, you that in confidence, Adam. We might cry tonight. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell, I'm just, just might tell you. I'm just gonna tell you that. Um, all right, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. I I think I think I interrupted you. Um, yes, Mark. I I'm very curious as to what the what the tipping point was for your wife and you to say, okay, we both need to quit our jobs and pursue this full-time because it's a huge decision yeah especially when you're talking a startup nonprofit. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, do i just want to jump into that but i was like but also it's a do those startup even go together yeah. um tough. it's interesting i you know i i was fortunate to do to be able to do tell the story in a in a tedx talk at UW here we go here we go adam <laughs> get your tissue well, and it wasn't, it was, it was interesting how, how the telling of the story changed my perspective on what I should be doing with my life. I think I, you know, my thought was, okay, we're going to launch this and we'll go find an executive director and we'll grow it. And, you know, I was running translator with, with Cindy and that'll be how, it, but the, the, the actual, um, having to tell the story in a TEDx format, you know, whatever, you know, dumbass me, the light bulb went <laughs> off. It's like, dude, you're, you, you have to do this. This is your calling. Cause you were running the agency with Cindy and right. totally expecting just that someone else was going to take the reins of IOB and run with it. Right. That it was, you know, it's a nonprofit. Um, you know, not, I, I say this to say like, I don't know how to run a nonprofit. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Someday there's there's got to be a better executive director than than me out there. So I'm I'm just keeping the seat warm. Well, and um, if you ever need help with nonprofit advice, uh, I've got a great story with this podcast. Get it? Ha ha. Nonprofit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No profits over here. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> All right. So the so you know after that it was like okay we we have to we have to see where this can go. Mm-hmm. And I think like, um, you know, a, a startup nonprofit is not all that different from, you know, a startup for profit. I always felt that the quality of the experience we were delivering and the early outcomes and, and the, and the potential bigness of, of the idea that we would find funding for it. The thing that I don't think gets talked enough enough or talked about enough with uh startups is managing the cash flow to get you to the point where the actual funding comes through and, and especially in a nonprofit. so that was a thing it's like you know and margaret you know is more conservative than i am and you know as a teacher and you know and, and we're both leaving our jobs so it's like the whole household income mm-hmm. depends on this startup nonprofit, which is like like the craziest thing you can do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like I said, this is a cash flow issue. It's not a funding issue. People will fund this, but we got to work through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were some hairy times, you know, in early 2017 and things like that, but we just kept 
working at it and, and the program continued to grow uh, organically and by word of mouth. And, um, you know, we made it through those early years and, you know, to the point now where, you know, we have, I don't know, somewhere between seven and nine people on staff between full and, and part-time right. and, you know, growth plans for 2022. So it was, it's definitely a leap of faith, but the, you know, when you're doing purpose-driven work and, and the amount, I always talk about this, the amount of wealth that has been created that is not financial, I, we, we can't measure mm-hmm. as, uh, as individuals or, or even, um, you know, impact to the community. So it's, you know, it's just like one of those, you know, there are a couple of epiphanies throughout this story and definitely that tipping point that you're talking about, Adam was, was the one where it's like, we got to do this full time to see where it can go. I have a question. What the heck is IOB? What does it do? That's a great question. If, if you, if you, um, you know, if you just want the, the description of it, we run a uh, learning experience for uh, children, uh, teens, and young adults on the autism spectrum. The, uh, the magic formula that we started with is we allow our students to use their area of interest on, on the projects they are working on. And more often than not, they're design projects using Photoshop and Illustrator. So when I say area of interest, um, kids on the autism spectrum uh, usually have a very narrow and very deep interest in something. So for our son, Harry, his thing was trains and Thomas the Tank Engine and anything, you know, transportation related. Uh, A lot of our kids are into Pokemon or, or anime or Super Mario, or, you know, they'll have all sorts of different interests. So when they come in, they get to sit and work one-to-one with a, with a professional mentor who's you know, working in design or advertising or might be working you know, in a startup or freelancing or things like that. And together, they'll create a project. So you know, we've got all these amazing projects based on kids' interests. And that, and that buy-in on, on the kids' part is because uh, this is kind of tailor-made to their interests. And, and the use of technology, and they have almost like a, a best but a creative best buddy to help them out. We see, you know, way longer um, uh, in, or, or much deeper engagement on the part of our students than what uh, is normally seen in a traditional education environment. That's incredible. It is. It is. And Adam, it's you're going to want to be part incredible. of this program in so many ways, I think. I know. You know, um, or have, Mark, or uh, you... hire Mark as a mentor as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Does the, does the program, is the programming supplemental to traditional education or does it replace? Or great question. Into... Yeah. Great question. It's supplemental and it is. Okay. And, and we are not looking to replace traditional, uh, educational experiences uh or diminish them i mean the way what i often sometimes i'll talk about it's like we're an accelerator program right uh-huh. so we are we are uh providing uh we're meeting kids where they are and we're providing experiences uh that accelerate uh and develop these skills that schools too often don't have the time or resources to to really concentrate on um so 
it's interesting now we're starting to work with schools and districts around how can how can IOB be part of a daily you know curriculum or a weekly curriculum uh, where students can can participate in these uh, creative based workshops which allow you know their their natural interests and abilities to shine not to change topics a little bit, but uh, we almost let you off the hook on this TED Talk thing. Yeah. We kind of breezed right by it, Adam. Almost. Almost. What can you TED share? Because we want people to, to listen to this and then go and search search out your TED Talk. Yeah. What, what and, you, and you, you, you frame it with, you know, having to tell that story um, is what made you realize you need to actually step in and, and make this happen. And with mm-hmm. your wife, right? You both had to jump mm-hmm. in and, and do this. What was that story? The story, it's the talk is called 13 Years on an Island. And it really is the origin story of Islands of Brilliance and, and, our, and our own family story. And I think a story that resonates with many families because they've had you know, the same experience of, uh, when their, their son or daughter is, is, is identified. So, uh, it really revolves around, you know, my, my, I shared my background, you know, being in, in creative and design and, and Margaret's background was, um, as a on-camera actress and voice talent. She was, um, you know, 20 some years ago, she was, you know, down in Chicago, she was actually hosting, a some early pilot series for Food Network, I think at the time. And we have you know, two boys, Charlie's our oldest, Harry's our youngest. So around the age of, of 18 months or two years, I forget what it was, suddenly Harry's development kind of not only uh, flattened out, but it started to regress. You know, he wasn't making eye contact, um, very limited verbal skills, like only used three or four words. Um, you know, some, some different things. And I'm, and I like got really concerned and, and then someone at the, at the daycare said, you, you, you probably want to have them looked at for autism. So that just sends all sorts of alarms off if mm-hmm. you're a parent. Um, so we, um, he was, uh, you know, there's a screening process, uh, you know, meeting with neurologists and, and they sat us down and you know no surprise they he was diagnosed uh it's, it's called pdd nos so pervasive developmental delay uh something like not one specified it's autism it's on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. uh but it, well, it they didn't stop there it wasn't just the diagnosis it was the prognosis um which was he uh he won't be ready for first grade and don't plan on on him going to college so you know you're your son is not even three years old and you have neurologists, you know, basically saying lower your expectations. Right. Um, so, you know, as a parent, you're, you're already reeling from what is autism and what does this mean? And you're, you're scared, you're heartbroken, but that triggered defiance and anger. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I just was like, I looked at them in the eye. I said, he will be ready for first grade and we'll determine what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And that was the last we saw of the neurologist. That was it. And there's no, you know, there's this, and this, this 
experience so many families have this like this whole lower your expectations i think it's changed but i still hear like no our experience was the same way Mm -hmm. Mm. so we left there and um you know like having to figure out what to do because there's there's still no roadmap and every every you know kid is different and like how are we going to get him to socialize and and be ready for school and you know you know have some type of independent life in the future so we are fortunate that he was um we had really good access to early intervention education which uh, is critical and um so the our our teachers talked to margaret and they said you you have to figure out ways to communicate um you know his behavioral issues are are linked to the fact that you know he his language skills and things like that so she worked with him on a daily basis was not having any success and um and one day she's just like sitting there and the, the thomas the tank engine trains are on the floor and she's just like you know i'm an actress i'm going to do improv i'm just going to go to where my audience is picks up a thomas train and starts talking to it and Harry stops what he's doing, turns his head and looks at her for like five seconds, wow. which is the first meaningful eye contact he's made in a year uh-huh. and then goes back to playing. And she's like, that's what I have to do. So she made every learning opportunity or communication opportunity about Thomas or trains or things like that. So it was like, I have to go to where he is in order to get him to buy into what we need him to do, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a huge insight and was not a miracle by any means. There was a lot of hard work. I remember, you know, uh, when he was, he he was in first grade with his peers, but he would be doing math, um, you know, worksheets and things like that at the table. It would take like three hours because he would have to take breaks for, you know, doing, you know, doing his train stuff, whatever, but she made reading about trains and writing about trains and math and stuff like that. So, so much so that the, um, the teacher says, you really should go into education, which she did. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so she went and got her master's. Wow. Um, we had moved to Minneapolis by this time. She got her master's at, at the university of uh, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Uh, so Harry made this incremental growth, uh, to the point by, you know, he's eight, years or I think eight years old. And then I start noticing um, that he's using technology, like he's on YouTube and stuff. He's, you know, he's a consumer of technology, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But what I notice is he's watching, you know, Lego stop motion stuff, but he's posting comments and threads and, and having conversations. And I'm like, that's interesting because he'll struggle with peer to peer relationships and conversations in school, but a chat was working chat works for him. Yeah. So I just kind of like file that. And then, um, you know, and there weren't programs made for kids with, you know, made for kids who were autistic and, you know, it was always this, you know, traditional activities with, you know, you know, guardrails on them. Right. Uh, you know, T-ball and those things are fine, but it was, it felt like it was more for the parents than it was for the kids because mm-hmm. it gave some sense of normalcy that our kids were participating in something I'm like, it would really be nice if there was something made specific for these kids. So one day, da, 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 um, <laughs> I'm, it, I'm literally like, I have my laptop 
with me at an oil change and Harry's with me and I'm working on some, I don't know, I think it was a banner ad and I was making some crazy creature and illustrator and he's watching me. He says, dad, that looks like fun. Can I, can I do that? So I, I said, well, wait till we get home. So I like set him up in my, you know, my desktop in my office at the, at the house and showed him a few, how to do a few things in, in illustrator. Here's how you make a square. Here's how you do a circle. Here's how you change the color, that kind of yeah. stuff. And just like, you know, sandbox, play with it. Yeah. So he comes a half hour later, he comes upstairs and he says, dad, come look what I did. I'm like, okay. And I go downstairs. I'm not expecting anything. Just a bunch of squares me. or something like I would have. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're formed into Percy, the green engine from Thomas, the tank engine. And he's added a gradient in there, which I hadn't shown him how to do. Yeah. And I'm like, wild. Yeah. Like what the hell? So I'm like, okay here's how you don't here's how you download an image and place it in, in illustrator and you know here's how you do type and stuff like that so then he's making like these little one panel comics of these funny things of trains what they're saying and crashing and stuff like that and i can't get them off my computer now so in the in the in the span you know think of this in the span of what five years he goes from being completely locked in in his own world to making progress and then crossing over into my world who's using professional level you know software being creative telling stories engaged all this stuff so you know I, you know i don't know two weeks later i'm like light bulb yeah hey margaret what if we paired kids on the spectrum with a design professional they got to use professional software you know these programs they use their area of interest to create projects. What will we need from a special education, you know, support system in order to make that happen? So we started talking about it. The, like the name was there is like Islands of Brilliance. I, you know, how this stuff happened within, you know, the matter of a couple of weeks. And then, um, you know, the idea just kind of sat there because, oh, this has to be a nonprofit. We're going to have to raise money. And, about, you know, so then it like leaps to, when I got back to Milwaukee, startup community in Milwaukee, you know, uh, 94 labs, business model, you know, MVP, we tested it and, and, and uh, it was successful. So at the time when I gave the TEDx talk, um, we had just started, it ended with, we had just started touring colleges for Harry. Rock on. Uh, fast forward that, you know, that TEDx talk was, gee, seven years ago already. Uh, Last December, he graduated with honors from Peck School of the Arts in, in Design. So he graduated, uh, you know, university, and he's employed now. So it's been it's hard to come up with the words for what this whole life experience has been since you know it started with you know this you know this diagnosis and what it's turned into not only for our family but the fact that harry and his story and his accomplishments have gone on to inspire this organization which is has touched the lives of a bunch of kids and a bunch of families and a bunch of people in the milwaukee creative community who really helped make it happen you know it's just um it's 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 hard to comprehend sometimes like the enormity of it. I am fortunate and I uh, have a lot of gratitude that 
and and I credit you know uh, my wife Margaret for this. Harry, obviously, our oldest son Charlie, who was hugely uh, you know influential in in Harry's development, now who works for Islands of Brilliance, and he's the one who's in the workshops every day in the sandbox programs. And then just the the generosity of the Milwaukee creative community. I mean, they all came out and volunteered for this and kept coming back. So it's just, you know, and the help that we've gotten in so many different ways, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool story. And um, I always talk about, it, it's a uniquely Milwaukee story too. For now, until, <laughs> until you take, yeah, we o- are stretching out. <laughs> until yeah, you take over the world. For now. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, how, I mean, how do how do people connect and and follow what's going on with IOB and yeah, whether they want to you know see how their kids can get involved and participate, or if they just want to support it either as a mentor or financially, what or anything in between. Yeah, how, where do they go? Uh, islandsbrilliance.org.org. dot org and we'll throw um, that in the show notes too. Right. Yeah. So you can you know if you're a parent um, or if you or if you have a friend or family member who has a son or daughter um, uh, with autism. You know, there's all sorts of different levels of programming that we offer now. That's been, you know, a, a, one of the great outcomes of of COVID is that it we compl- we created this whole new layer of access, which is wonderful. Um, so there's there's information about programming there. If you are a uh, a designer who knows Photoshop or Illustrator. If you are a 3D modeler, we we are uh, have uh, workshops on that now. Next year, our plan is to grow into um, animation and, and coding foundation workshops. So we are on the we're always on the lookout for mentors. So the other thing about COVID too is prior to that, all of our mentors that was a volunteer position. It is now a paid position. We do pay a stipend for it nice. uh, just because of the frequency of, of the programming. It's like we can't ask people to volunteer, you know, like five yeah. times a year and expect to grow this way. So those, um, depending on what the um, uh, the actual offering is, uh, you know, it can be like $100 for, you know, basically six to 10 hours of, of mentoring. Um and then there's there's some things that you know with our digital academy i think the mentor uh uh stipend is a, is a bit higher so that's one way to become involved um you can just obviously support financially or just support through you know one of the things too is like we're looking for cool projects to work on so mm-hmm. you know i when you and i talked and you said you have to talk to rocky it's like <laughs> that led to this this amazing um collaboration we did with Coles. like they had 36 of their associates from product development to hr to innovation to technology participate in this two-week learning experience for digital academy students so So from a corporate level we're always looking for ways that we can create um learning experience and projects for our students that help them with their skills but as a talent uh, engagement and and um, uh, inspiration aspect internally for a culture it's yeah. incredible and and you know that's the thing that came out of the Coles relationship is like how blown away people were by 
what they got out of this experience uh, as much as the students did. So. Yeah, this is by no means a one-way uh, show oh, here where just the absolutely. students benefit. And even, you know, I was um, lucky enough to to uh, visit your office and when you were doing, um, I, I don't know if it was during gallery night or, or anything right. where you were, you were selling some of the work that the students had done. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like, oh, it's, wait, I get like really cool artwork and I get to contribute to this organization. That was like to me and you're, and you're showing the students that they're, what they've created has value outside of those walls as well. It was, right. I mean, it, it just, and it's hanging up right next to me here in my office still. So, yeah, uh, those, the, was it the three or four little square paintings, right? Yeah, there's uh, six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. And they're, it's just, you're a gift version that what, had six. What's that? <laughs> What'd you say? I said Steve got the deluxe version that had six. <laughs> <laughs> it was an upcharge. No, those are cool. Yeah. Those are cool. <laughs> But uh, you're a gift to this to this community, Mark, and I think we're all lucky to have you doing what you do. Uh, you were doing enough before you started changing the world, and <laughs> and now you're changing the world, so that's even better. Well, that's nice of you to say. I just I just frame it in the terms like I'm I'm just trying to be a good citizen, and uh, you know make the community better and and our you know in the area that that we can really focus on. And I I encourage you know anyone like you know take on a little you know that little area of the world that matters to you because if we all start doing that you know that's how our community um you know really flourishes mm -hmm. yeah i mean adam and i just make jokes on a podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which is good too but you're, <laughs> you provide this great platform you know for me to come on and and ramble and tell a story and you know so that's cool well, that's awesome. We we thank you, Adam. I don't. Did you cry at all? Because I I had to just pause for a minute. When I was... Yes, I did. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, I definitely welled up. Uh, check out that TED talk and uh, check out IOB and uh, Mark. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank thanks for the inspiring story, the cool background, and the great conversation. Thank you guys. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adam. This is this is a, a lot of fun, and I appreciate the opportunity to to tell uh, IOB's story. Yes, Adam, Steve, and now Milwaukee's <laughs> own Black Belt Theater. Damn it. <laughs>